Good morning, everyone. Today, I am really excited to be introducing a new sermon series to you. That series is called The Book of Life, and it will be our series for the summer. And each Sunday in the summer, we'll be taking a look at a different chapter in the life of faith. Today, that chapter is baptism. So let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said this morning that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said this morning that is according to your will, let it be heard as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe and believing obey. Amen. So today is my second daughter, Lily's 13th birthday. So happy birthday to her. It also had the chance to be my third daughter, Lucy's birthday. Her due date was at about this time, but Lucy begged to differ and was born a couple of weeks later. Now that we've had almost three years of becoming acquainted, it's really clear to me why Lucy chose to be born a couple of weeks later. She would never have wanted to share her special day with her sister. See, my children, Lucy included, are very competitive. They're very competitive. There are things that I just don't talk about in life, just in general. I don't talk about when you're going to have a baby with newlyweds. I don't talk about old arguments with my wife over a couple's night out. I don't talk about my father around my mother. There are some things I just don't talk about. And baptism is something that I don't talk about in my house. Why? Well, it's not because we spend a lot of time rehashing the old theological arguments around baptism. You know that the church has been arguing about baptism for 2,000 years, right? It's almost like the moment that Jesus stepped out of the River Jordan, his followers began debating how the, the church was going to do what he just did. Who will we baptize, we argue about. Only adults who confess, some will say. Others, like those in our tradition, will insist that there's no stage in human life where we're isolated from each other and from God, so we let persons of every age and every physical and mental capacity help us to bear that witness. What does baptism do? That's something else that we argue about. Some will argue that baptism is the conduit to receive salvation. In other words, if you're baptized, you go to heaven. Our tradition, on the other hand, says that baptism is an outward sign of God's inner grace, but that God's inner grace does not depend on our outward sign. So, in other words, you were not saved in the moment of your baptism. You were saved in the moment that the stone was rolled away. But baptism is a celebration of that reality, a reality that we get to experience in our lives as individuals and our life together. And then there's this one, one of my favorite arguments that we have in the church about baptism, dipped or sprinkled. But I don't bring up baptism in my house, not for any of those reasons, any of those deep theological and important reasons. I don't bring up baptism in my house because we have an argument 
of a different kind between my competitive children. It goes something like this. Daddy baptized me, but he didn't baptize you. See, about 10 years or so ago, I took my daughter Lily in my arms. I put my hands in the water and I prayed. I put the water on her head and I said, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And about five years ago, I did the same thing for my son, Max. But when we decided to baptize our oldest daughter, Grace, I was not yet ordained. But you know, I think Grace's baptism is special in a way that it was special for most people who are baptized. She was given over into the hands of a very large stranger. She was pulled away from the people that she loves. She was held by a grip that she was unaccustomed to, and she was startled by the sudden and unexpected dose of water to her head. This strange guy in a dress is trying to drown me, she might have been saying, and all you guys are doing is taking pictures. And in a way, she would have been right. Baptism is not just some cute family moment. It is an acting out of what we know is going to happen in life. See, because one day every person will be left to strangers. One day every person will be pulled away from the people that they love. One day, every person will be held at the mercy of someone else's hands. And one day, every person will be held down. In baptism, we acknowledge that. And in baptism, we protest against it. In baptism, we say for ourselves and for the people that we love that I believe that with everything that is in me, I'm not trapped, that I will come up again. In baptism, we say, I believe that I will come back. Not because of anything that I am. I will come back because of everything that God is. That's what we say in baptism. It is the way that we say to everything that traps us down, you thought you had me. You thought you had this child. You thought you had this child and this one. But God begs to differ. God begs to differ. This is what, what is happening in that sermon that Peter preaches on Pentecost too. It was just after the gift of the Holy Spirit had been given to the community they were speaking in different languages and this was drawing quite a crowd together. And they, they accused the people on Pentecost of being drunk. But Peter begged to differ. He preached to them. He says, this Jesus that you put to death, the one that made miracles, the one that was handed over to you and through your deliberate planning, the one that was crucified and buried in a tomb that had never been used, He's alive. He's the Messiah. 
And you can almost see this realization drip down like syrup over their faces. See, death thought it had won, but Jesus begged to differ. What do we do now, they asked Peter, sure that they, that they were lost to Jesus, that those who hadn't followed Jesus, that their future would be in peril, that their hope would be gone. And do you know what Peter said to them? Repent and be baptized. And that call echoes to everyone in all times and places that have some deep fear of what will happen next in life, who suppose that doom is due to them. Repent and be baptized. Because in our baptisms, we can be assured that God begs to differ. God begs to differ. Whenever we have baptisms in our church, I would just love it if in your minds, in the way that we pray together during those moments of baptism, we might together be praying, God begs to differ. Whatever bad future you have in mind, world, for this child, for this person, God begs to differ. See, just as I did with Lily and Max, I also baptized Lucy. I'm sure she'll hold that over Grace's head too someday. Two years ago, in this church right here, I baptized Lucy. You all made promises that you would help to bring her up in the faith. You made promises and you told her that that you wanted to make the world a better place for her. You made these promises because while baptism is about what God is doing and how God begs to differ, what God has already done, baptism is also a chance for us to share with families, with people who are joining into this endeavor. It's a chance for us to share what we intend to do. And it made sense for us to have Lucy's baptism here at the curve. Because the first Sunday of Lucy's life, she came to this church in a car seat. My wife sat with her right down there on the lawn. And we were brand new here, but, but people huddled around and tried to peek in on her little face. So it made sense that we would have Lucy baptized here and that you all would have the chance to make those promises to her. I know of another baby that will be born into this congregation. That that baby will likely come here very early in their life. That baby might just sit in a car seat, maybe even on the front lawn. All kinds of people will peek in on that baby and will congratulate mom and dad. But that baby, the one that I know of, the one that will soon be born, 
That baby's skin is a different color than my baby Lucy's skin. It's a darker colored skin. One day that mom and dad might hope for that baby to be baptized right here at the Kirk. And that mom and dad will be bringing that baby to be baptized because that baby will be made in the image of God, just like Lucy. And that baby will have a claim to God's promises, just like Lucy. And that baby deserves to hear the promises from this congregation, just like Lucy. And we will say those promises. We will make those promises. The same ones that we always say. But for that baby, keeping those promises will require a different work. Making the world better for that baby will require a new kind of prayerful energy. Because the world will tell that baby that they are different. The world might even tell that baby that they are dangerous. The world will tell that baby that they can't and they shouldn't try. They will tell that baby to know their place and listen to what they're told, just like the world has told that baby's mom and dad, that baby's grandparents and great-grandparents. But on the day that I take that water from the font and I put that water on that baby's head, God says, I beg to differ. And in the promises that we make, do you know what we say? We say we beg to differ too. For each and every person, for every soul created in the image of God, for everyone that sees a damaged future, a future devoid of hope for any reason. In baptism, we announce that God begs to differ and we beg to differ too. Amen.